Good evening, godless sodomites. All right. Uh, welcome to the excommunication station. I am your host, Chaz. I'm joined by a very, very special guest today from the podcast American Hysteria. We have Chelsea Weber Smith. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so happy to be here, Chaz. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy you're here today. Uh, I've been counting down this day like all week. Uh, so I'm very, very stoked. Um, awesome. Uh, we have uh, Chelsea on today to talk about um, Jack Chick and his impact. And I have a bunch of questions for her. And if you haven't listened to her series on Jack Chick, stop right now. Go listen to that first. Let me interrupt um, you really quick. Yeah. Uh, I do use they pronouns. Don't they. worry about it. Okay. But just, okay. you know, I feel like gotcha. I don't really mind, but my audience sometimes I minds gotcha. on my behalf. So, got yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, check out uh, your podcast uh, for that series, especially. Uh, you did like five episodes altogether, I think, right? Yeah, definitely. I count them as three because we did three yeah. um actual sort of written that's how the podcast is shaped is we have sort of the narrative written uh almost audiobook-esque yeah episodes yeah. and then we did the two uh extra episodes that were interviews with sarah marshall from you're wrong about um that Very went rad. into <laughs> one of jack chick's uh books that he published about a man who believed or said he believed he was a vampire so that was fun yes that's very interesting i i did my whole entire research wrote out my whole script for jack chick and i was like i'm gonna go back and listen again to to chelsea's uh series and i went back and listened. i was like i completely forgot about this dude and then i went back <laughs> i read one of his books and listen to some stuff about him and he's wild so and I truly got and he's still around yeah yeah crazy but uh we're gonna start off uh right now by asking forgiveness Reach out, touch i can uh, i'll start it off uh sweet baby jay uh i uh want to ask you to forgive me for that time that the kid on the other side of town, John, had a big comic book collection, and I didn't have any. And I wasn't around to lead, allowed to read comics, and so I, I borrowed one from him and uh, Captain Adam, um, and it, I hid it in my room until I felt so convicted that I threw it out. So I, I, I want to ask forgiveness for just borrowing that in the first place because it was, it was so dumb of me to think that I could find entertainment outside of the church so um yeah thank you uh i hope you grant me forgiveness let's see here a little wishy-washy but I, I i guess it's okay so uh chelsea do you have anything you'd like to ask forgiveness for today yeah i think piggybacking on kind of what you were asking forgiveness for <laughs> i would like to ask forgiveness from baby jesus christ uh for <laughs> never returning the shining to the library when i was 11 uh still have it somewhere and wow. i was terrified that your wrath would come in the form of a enormous fine as seen on seinfeld that i thought was going to be my fate so i just Bookman. hid it forever yeah. and uh, never returned it and then eventually the library did that thing where they just wipe your account clean um 
So I'm sorry I did that. I don't was know how to make it right. <laughs> paperback or was it uh was Oh it no, hard hardcover. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good yeah. one. All right. Let's see here. Since and I guess hardcover, forgive me for reading clean. it, right? Yeah, forgive well, me for reading it. <laughs> that's not even the issue. Uh yeah. I I tell on I've told the story on the podcast before, but like uh we had the one private school I went to across the street, we had uh the public library. And my mom would have to come from work to pick us up, but she wouldn't get there till four. So I always had like 45 minutes to an hour over there. Mm -hmm. And I would just go over there and read Stephen King, like, because I wasn't allowed to. So it yeah. was just like, I'm going to do this as when I can. So I remember reading different seasons and um, that like blew my mind. And I was just like, holy shit, like this isn't just about horror. Uh, oh, he's yeah. got a lot of different stuff here. So yeah. He's the master. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, but with that, this is the Inquisition. Chelsea, what was your favorite candy growing up? Ooh, let's see. You know, I had a really big crispy M&M phase. Um, and then they, I, yeah, I ate crispy M&Ms and I drank frozen Coke when I rode my bike to the local grocery store or the local mini mart. And uh, yeah, I love crispy M&Ms. They went out of production when I was a kid and I never saw them again until I went to Amsterdam when I was 18 yeah. and just smoked so much weed that I could barely <laughs> keep my eyes open. And I found, I just like stumbled in the store and there was a giant bag of crispy M&Ms. And you know, I just like walked around Amsterdam stuffing them oh, into man. my mouth. That's um, amazing. Yeah, crispy M and M's. I guess is is what I'm going with. <laughs> yeah, I thought of this question because I was thinking about all the candy I used to eat when I was a kid and how much my kids don't eat that now. Um, I've I have two, and I used to like mainline Pixie sticks, oh, like yeah. the big ones and the small ones. And I don't know if I've ever if my kids have ever had one. Um, not that they don't have candy, but like that one was just like. You know, you would just walk over to the snack stand if you're at a baseball game or the pool or wherever and just put 50 cents down and get the biggest amount of sugar that you should never be able to allow a child to have yeah. and <laughs> down it within 30 seconds. It so. was thinly veiled, just literal sugar. <laughs> you know, it's like, let's just go to the source here, people. <laughs> so, yeah, I would probably say that's the one I missed the most from childhood just because I I don't do it anymore. I've seen them here and there, but I'm like, I can't. Like, I, it would kill me. I, I think yeah. I'd be in the hospital. So I don't really want it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we'll do the most important thing, and that is to pray. So I'll hold your, your hand to the person next to you and bow your head. And if you're driving, let Jesus take the wheel. Uh, you know, you've heard all sorts of explanations for it, but I'm going to give you the, the Masonic Illuminati inner meaning of what this means tonight. And it's going to probably gross you out and astonish you, and I apologize in advance for that. But this is what it means. Crowley reveals the secret behind the all-seeing eye symbol in one of his books, the Book of Thoth, which is a very advanced manual on tarot card readings. And um, this is the eye of Lucifer. But believe it or not, it corresponds to a human organ that for lack of a more delicate term, we'll call the rectum, which is kind of ironic when you think about it, that this represents Lucifer. And what this refers to 
is that the occult archaeometric doctrine of masonry is that by accessing alternate universes through sodomy, especially of young boys, you can access alternate dimensions of reality through what are called the tunnels of Typhon. Now, you remember I showed you earlier a map of the Tree of Life. Well, everything in magic, like everything in the occult, has its yin and yang. It's positive and it's negative. It's good and evil. There's always this dynamism. And so therefore, just like there is a Tree of Life, there is also a Tree of Evil. This is called the Klefot in Hebrew, which translated means harlots. And you'll notice here that all of the names are all evil. And these Typhonian tunnels are the paths between these ten evil worlds. Now, if you want a little bit more on this than I have time to get into right now, you can read the book Lucifer Dethroned because it does go into it. But here is what is ultimately involved. They and there is a Obituary. Oh yeah, create a fun cat. Won't look back. How many angels can you fit up on a match? I wanna know why Hemingway cracked. Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. Right, we're back. Chelsea, we're gonna dive into this interview because I Jack Chick is somebody that was really big in my childhood in a really weird way. I used to read him all the time when I uh, when I was little. I went to a very fundamentalist church, um, and as doing this podcast, I've realized how fundamentalist and crazy it actually was. Um, to one point, I think it was after Waco, um, where somebody got up in prayer service and started praying about the jackbooted thugs that are coming to take over everybody, and we need to stop them, and nobody stopped him. And I was, you know, thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, maybe that was a little mainstream within that church that I didn't realize. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, uh, Chick Tracks, as soon as we walked into the church, they were on the right or left when you walked in um, with the other tracks that were there. And I read them every Sunday for probably about 10 plus years. So um, hearing you You're familiar. Your, you're familiar, like, Very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, when I when I was listening to the series, uh, be getting more informed uh, more about the background and everything, and then um, the the one that hit me the most that really wanted me to have you on was the third episode where you talk about those two specific tracks of of Lisa, mm -hmm. um, which I never read, but it makes sense that it's in there. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, somebody loves you. Mm -hmm. Um that one i read a lot and it really resonated with me growing up in the abusive household i was in and having the absence of love and everything and wanting that and feeling that jesus was the only one that was going to give it to me in the end that one really kind of hit me hard and i was crying listening to and listening yeah. to it uh because it was like fuck i completely forgot about all this yeah um so it was just like i finally need i need to dive into this guy and yeah. figure out like what the fuck was going on so wow with that, that's a story yeah, yeah that that's that's yeah yeah <laughs> i used to, to trace them yeah i used to trace them sit down in the pew with a piece of paper put a piece of paper on top of it trace it out 
Um, did I we include like... that story in the episode? Did you write? No, to I don't me and think tell so. I did, but I don't think it was okay. included. But All right. I, yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm definitely not the only one. Yeah, that so went I through think, that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just had so many people write in between making the episodes that I reworked the third one to kind yeah. of include actual listener responses mm-hmm. because out of all the topics we've done jack chick received 10 times the attention wow. or sorry i should say jack chick um spurred more responses and more personal stories and letters and mm. dms from people who wow. yeah far 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 more than any other episode and i think that that speaks kind of volumes to his underlying quiet effect on like American lives in general, whether you read them as a joke or you read them seriously, um, they just had a massive impact. Yeah, yeah. And a a lot of people that I've run across like since leaving the church and everything, it's been more of a joke thing than than anything of like either either you grew up with them and now it's like a joke thing of like, Mm -hmm. let's laugh off this trauma or, you know, or it was always kind of like a look at this crazy asshole doing this like you know so uh but when when was the first time you came across a chick track i believe that it was the i it was when i worked as a server in high school Mm -hmm. um and there were a handful of people who instead of leaving tips would leave religious tracts and sometimes they were like the boring ones that were mostly text and other times they were jack chick comics um and then you know i was just like what's this and i read through it and i just you know laughed and was like wow because i did not grow up in a religious household Mm -hmm. the most religion i had was like saying my prayers at night but in like a pretty non-denominational way and then my dad was like massively into like new age religion so that i have like a more complicated relationship to new age religion than i do um to christianity so i think that that helps with my work because i'm kind of emotionally disconnected but also obsessed with like religious history um but more on an academic level than an emotional (laughs) level um so you know i read these tracts and i got to take them just purely as fun um and then you know i started to find them around like anybody else once you start looking and stop you know because it's so easy to just ignore a little thing on a bench at the bus or a little thing on the side of the doctor's office or something. It's just really, unless you are kind of looking, unless you're into like ground scores is what I call them. Like (laughs) things you find on the ground that are cool, like letters or notes or whatever. Um, You know, if you're not looking, you might miss them. And I did have so many people write in and still now, just I think a couple of days ago, someone sent me a picture because people are finding them everywhere. And they're yeah, just like, yeah. I, I, I never found one of these in my life. And now I found one right after I listened to your episode. Is that like kismet? And it's like, <laughs> well, it just probably means you're you're aware and looking, um, but how it's just like they're so ubiquitous still. Um, and yeah, I just started like a little collection of them, um, that I just like keep somewhere, nothing, nothing yeah. serious, but I just really enjoyed them a lot because I love horror and they are incredible pieces of art done by like an outsider artist, um, which he just certainly 100% is an outsider artist. Yeah. And if you can take out the effect that he's had, you know, separate the art from the artist. Well, you can't separate the art from the artist because the art is also <laughs> horrifically offensive. But um, 
you know, it, it's so campy to the point where it renders itself ridiculous. Um, and I, I did really enjoy that as well. Um, so yeah, I just, I really, uh, I really took them as weird pieces of art from, you know, some eccentric guy out there that I knew nothing about, um, until now. <laughs> if, if you found them as a kid, uh, you know, my parents were fine with me reading these, but how would your parents would have reacted to finding or reading one if you were i mean they would have thought it was really funny too um, really okay yeah. oh yeah i mean not my concerning parents were, at all or anything no i had very little uh supervision i was just sort of uh <laughs> doing whatever i wanted so yeah no they were they were pretty hands-off uh in in good ways not like you know it was yeah they trusted me to kind of find find my my way um and yeah they great senses of humor so i actually bought and maybe this is bad i don't know but i bought my dad like the ten dollar chick track starter kit which is just like a huge box full of them so because he listened that to the episode amazing. and he was like oh it's so fucking funny like i gotta get these and so you know that's that's the vibe <laughs> i've sure. been debating whether to do that or not just for my own you know my own thing and i just i i can't give bring myself to give him money i know or his organization I money i even bought the uh the uh you don't know jack uh book yeah secondhand um, from yeah from thrift books yeah so i was just like yeah i'm not doing that so <laughs> yeah. yes um, yes i have i have folded now but i try not you to well <laughs> after all the research and everything you've done have you do you have a favorite track that you've come across yeah i mean i think my favorite is bewitched which is the one we did in the very first episode just because yeah. the line god has forsaken ashley just stays in my consciousness as just <laughs> absolutely one of my favorite sentences that's ever been made i was actually speaking of like sarah marshall again i was down with her uh and my partner Miranda and we were making these drinks that were vodka and watermelon. It was just like a, it was really good by the okay. way. Blend up yeah. some watermelon, throw in some vodka. Um, and yeah, we we ended up naming it. We were like, we need a name for this drink, and we ended up calling it the Forsaken Ashley. So please pass that on. We're trying to make that, that, is, a, that I love a that summer drink. <laughs> the Forsaken. That Ashley. sounds like a great summer drink. Yeah, thanks. Um, now, now you're. If someone asked me to make a list about like moral or societal panics, I don't know if Jack Chick would come up in my mind or even mm -hmm. Chick Tracks. Why did he come up in yours? Well, you know, I mean, so much of what we cover is conspiracy theories. And I think mm -hmm. and the satanic panic. I mean, basically, I saw Jack Chick as like the pillar almost of all of the things that we talk about kind of and kind of how his work brought them all together. I mean, we have the mm -hmm. Illuminati conspiracy that's like everywhere in his tracts. You have the satanic panic that's everywhere in his tracts. And those are like kind of the underlying stories of all stories that we have. Yeah. Um, and in every tract, I mean, in the Ashley tract, we have a moral panic within it about drugs or we yeah. have a moral panic about even in Lisa about like child sexual abuse or, you know, gay panic, which is another theme that kind of runs through almost every type of conspiracy. There's some like homosexual agenda yeah. stuff in there. And of course, Jack Chick's like famously deeply offensively gay while at the same time 
his tracks are extremely gay. Uh, so that's also something very fun. But yeah, I would say that he just really, uh, he really was this invisible architect that was working and and talking about things like the Illuminati in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. And early, early, early for the Illuminati, um, which really didn't get going until, um, you know, the 90s. We always yeah, had yeah. that story and it came up, but the 90s was like when televangelists latched onto it. And I think largely that latching on and that understanding probably came from some of Jack Chick's work, even though they yeah. rejected him as a kook and a loon. But it's like he really brought a lot of the stories that are now part of the construction of all of our conspiracy theories and moral panics to the forefront by sending out literally billions at this point of tracts all over the world. And even though we don't know his name, even though we don't know the name for these tracts, they are ever present and also affecting the culture at large. And yet it's just so fascinating to me that he's so unknown. Um, But if if you tell someone what a chick tract is or show them, a lot of times they're like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about those. Or yeah, I've seen those. Or, yeah, I was, like, totally indoctrinated by those. Um, So I think that he is a, yeah, he's, like, an architect of moral panic, conspiracy theories, and urban legends. I mean, he's got poison Halloween candy uh, all over his tracks and uh, Halloween panic. In in the water. What'd you say? (laughs) AIDS in the water. Yeah, totally. Just, like, yeah, 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 absolutely Absolutely bananas, uh, stuff like that. And he just really... He ran with it and took it to its extreme, and that's why I hate and love him because <laughs> I can't help but, you know, I just, when you get so close to a person, when you spend two months just mm-hmm. absorbing everything about their life and their work, like, there's this thing that we call, uh, what is it? It's... um non-consensual empathy or something like that where you aren't (laughs) wanting to like I didn't go I'm gonna I'm gonna find the human in Jack Chick you know it just sort of happens to you it happened to us when we did the Westboro Baptist Church too which is of course a deeply loathsome group of people but if you spend enough time like their humanity cracks through and then you're like oh no this got so complicated I have to tell the full story uh and yeah it just gets it gets really complicated but I do think that that's another reason that I liked making this series and felt that it was important because you know I like to imagine this alternate reality where Jack Chick took his talents which I think are amazing I think his art is strange and amazing and beautiful and fucked up and he just like it's just a waste in many ways where it's like you could have done amazing stuff that I would have really loved as like a horror freak. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, instead you created all or helped create a lot of destruction with your, you know, tales of the Illuminati and Satan and (laughs) goes on and Uh, on. (laughs) Now, Fred Carter uh, was his right-hand man. Uh, Why do you think that Chick kept him a secret for eight years despite the obvious shift in the artwork do you think it was based off racism being that it was the early 70s and you know 1968 was just a few years removed and um the base that he's playing towards isn't exactly the most tolerant 
Um, so I don't know. I was coming up with that with that question on my own, just doing the research because I couldn't really come to grips with an answer. So what do you think? It's a it's a huge question that I don't think I ever fully answered either. What we have is a statement from Jack Chick saying that Fred wanted to be anonymous. Um, Mm -hmm. Fred never said a bad word about his relationship to Jack. Um, And I don't mean to say that racism didn't play a role, especially unconsciously. But as far as we know, their relationship was very strong up until Mm -hmm. the end of Jack's life. And um, he was making comics in the 70s that were starring basically a version of himself and a version of Fred. Right. And that, you know, you don't want to call something radical, but it's like he was taking risks in that way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was like his character was not just like some he wasn't just like a black man with a Bible. You know, he was like a former black militant, like (laughs) badass. Right. Like this fucking sexy, muscly guy, which gets into Jack Chick's homoeroticism. Yeah. But, um, you know, so. I wouldn't say there was like an overt racism with that. I do kind of think Fred Carter just didn't really want all of the yeah. attention, but he also, yeah. that also could have been a fabrication. And I mean, it's just, it's a question that I don't think we'll ever get an answer to because both of them have passed away. Um, but yeah, I mean, Fred was the only black man who worked at Chick Publications. Um, but I know that Jack Chick spoke very highly of him all the time and about how brilliant he was and all of his artwork decorated all the halls of yeah you know i don't know i am not a it, i'm not here to defend but that yeah, is what i just, know yeah i i just have this huge feeling of i don't know maybe it's just from my upbringing of like if if the church is new in 1972 that a black man was writing comics for jack trick jack chick i i don't know how far they would have gone yeah you know, so totally. there there is part of that that plays into my mind a little bit when I'm thinking of this and if it was st- strategic or not. And that, that's another question, you know, like strategy versus his actual feelings yeah. or work. It's like there definitely could have been a strategy there, too, because, um, yeah, it's like one thing for a white man to be writing a black character mm-hmm. and it's another thing for, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But eventually Fred did start making specific like tracts for yeah. the black community as well. So it's like a it's a it's it's a complicated They're interesting. thing. But he definitely overtly hated gay people very yes very, absolutely uh yeah. violently but he didn't include a ton of racism in there. And that it was at a time when evangelicals were really trying to to um get an anti-gay message out by kind of yeah. allying with like black Americans in the civil rights mm-hmm. movement. Um who are also religious. So it's like, it was a really complicated time that yeah. uh, it could really go either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I, I know that uh, Chick was talking about, you know, con- some conspiracy stuff in like the early seventies and whatnot, but do you believe that he got a lot of more of these bigoted and ri- ridiculous views before he met like his sources, like John Todd or mm-hmm. Alberto Rivera, or did they, do you think they, they just kind of, solidified what he believed or did they expand it you know i mean it's a good question because all we have of jack chick's life is his 
authorized biography. Um, <laughs> we'll and, talk about that. In a, yeah, yeah. In a little bit. <laughs> and otherwise, you know, I was like I hate the guy who wrote it so much. But otherwise, uh, you know, we don't know a ton. There hasn't been a ton of interviews. Um, but he, let's see. Um, what we do know is that he had a uh, spiritual awakening uh, mm -hmm. when he was in his early 20s. Um, and before that, you know, he, he talks about how bad he was because he like cursed, you know, he like was still a very goody <laughs> two shoes. But like everyone was like, he says everyone was like, Jack Chick can't be saved. Let's not even try. He's too bad, you know. And uh, of course, he was like, I smoked a cigarette. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but he had this conversion experience uh, after he got married. His his mother-in-law had him mm -hmm. listen to, uh, you know, a preacher on the radio. He goes into the kitchen on his knees crying. He's saved. Um, <laughs> and after that, he definitely like starts to really hate kind of sin and vice and stuff like that. But I really I, I do kind of it's my feeling that he was the kind of person who just took everything and believed it like if it was a mm -hmm. and this is someone I once was because you know I've talked about on my show I used to be a conspiracy theorist sort of different yeah, than what yeah, that means yeah. now but you know and 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 really into the paranormal and it's like I just wanted to believe right I was like yeah. it's fun to believe it's fun but also I kind of really did believe um but I think that he just wanted to believe in what people told him when it was like a cool story because he did like yeah. stories, obviously, like beyond the religious, he liked to tell stories. And so I think when he met these people out in the world, like John Todd, um, who was, you know, one of the major people who started the Illuminati story um, <laughs> and the witches working in music you know, in the music industry yeah. and all kinds of stuff yeah. like that. But I think he met these people and had, I think that he probably had very intense relationships with them. Um, and just, it just fit. It just like locked yeah. in and clicked. And he said, this is what I've been looking for. Like this story does confirm all of the things I believe he had an extreme, extreme more than even any other prejudice. He hated Catholics and he hated the yeah. Catholic church, um, which is like, okay. Of all things, I, I guess it's like, I don't, if you know, it's cat. Catholicism is very complicated if you're thinking of like Catholic immigrants and how they were treated yes. in America. Yeah. But then you're also like the Catholic Church is one of the most evil institutions that's ever existed. So it's like, well, if you're going to aim, yeah, if you're going to aim at something, <laughs> it's not the worst. Um, but of course, well, I it, grew my the house I grew up in, we hated Catholics. Oh, good, yeah, a ton. Uh -huh. Um, uh -huh. uh, so a lot of a lot of this writing reflects the hatred towards Catholics. Uh, uh, that they, you know, they're not saved. They're not going to heaven. They've been right. influenced by the devil. Um, there's like, we weren't allowed to go to, if we were invited to a friend's house to sleep over, um, if they were going to go to church in the morning, they had to make sure it wasn't a Catholic church because we weren't allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. um, it was a big, big issue. So I I get it, but like they went after them for all the wrong reasons. Um, exactly. So it's, uh, yeah, but I it's like, the reflections of what's in the chick tracks was reflected in the household and the church I grew up in. So yeah. it's very weird uh, to like, to not just not to talk to you, but like to hear somebody have these, but not have it in the same 
vein of their life as yeah. I did. So it's just like, yeah, this stuff was real. <laughs> I'm just a tourist, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just it like was a it... sociologist writing my little notes. You know, it's like not the same thing at all. But sometimes I think it's good to have someone uh, emotionally not quite as invested. Oh, absolutely. In, like, yeah. Look at something. Um, and I, you know, I, I just was hoping that the folks who grew up with it would have a positive experience. I um i did i mean I it, yeah that. it sucked but it was still positive yeah. at the same I, <laughs> the same time yeah but, that was yeah. kind of the vibe um yeah. but yeah people seem to feel like i approached it right because it's like so oh, scary absolutely. it's all i mean it's always hard to make an episode because i always develop more empathy than anyone else probably not anyone else but many most people will only because i go so deep into a topic that it kind of cracks yeah. my soul you know what i mean it's like yeah, eventually no, it. it's like we just did a jackass series and it's like at the end i was like you know just like crying because i love these idiots you know what i mean it's just like i can't i can't not so it's always a fear that that people because they haven't been as involved in the material and as dedicated to like let's figure out a how this person became this way b what were they influenced by mm -hmm you know, see how are they manipulated by media or by their cult family or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, once you get all that, you can come back with a kind of empathy, but then figuring out how to explain that empathy without excusing this person's like horrific yeah. behavior and work yeah. becomes like a yeah. really delicate balancing act because people like you had, you know, have like serious trauma around this person and yeah. I like <laughs> want to honor that while at the same time you know just really well, try to understand well speaking a little bit about that uh now that you know sadly you know jack chick and chick tracks have been become less radical when it comes to a lot of christian main you know i i don't even want to say, i guess mainstream beliefs or the evangelical world um how I don't know. Like I, I see, I see those. I see what he was saying and how it has become more mainstream. It, it, do you, do you feel that way, or do you feel that it's that 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 stuff is overblown as far as the evangelical world is concerned? No, I think that it's totally reflecting okay. Jack's cartoons in ways that are like incredibly shocking. Um, and I mean, if you even read the chick newsletter which i get um it the battle cry yeah the battle cry oh, um, okay. which is now written by david w daniels oh. who is the <laughs> de facto jack chick who took over who just like has none of the like none of the things that i liked about jack chick um terrible artist uh yeah and just really not he just didn't have it he didn't have the flair he doesn't have the like flamboyance that i need he's just kind of a regular like boring guy who's obsessed with why the King James Bible is the only Bible. <laughs> That's like all he ever talks about. Um, and so even in that, it's like, you know, you, you read real time what Chick is saying, or sorry, what Chick Publications is putting out, which of course is obsessed with transgender people. What else would it be obsessed yeah. with? Um, and, you know, it's, but it's the same kind of rhetoric that we see in some of the most popular Twitter personalities up to like, some of our most influential politicians at this point yeah. and the stories yeah. that they're telling about um 
you know, grooming and child trafficking and satanic democratic cabals, you know, all of the things <laughs> are like straight out of Jack Chick. You know, it's it's really like the Illuminati. It's the deep state, right? There's like yeah. new words for it, but it's all the same structure. Um, it's all about the ways that Satan deceives us and about like the decadence of queerness bringing down Sodom, mm -hmm. you know, and like yeah. all these kind of misunderstandings, obviously, of biblical stories or maybe not misunderstandings, but deliberate um, misinterpretations in order to demonize a group. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah, so I think the anti-gay, anti-trans, which was not in Chick's comics because it just wasn't uh, yet a hot button topic um, when he was writing, because he died in 2016. So he died right yeah. on the cusp of, of everything. It's a wild year for him to pass away, actually. Um, and just be like, and <laughs> really here's was. my legacy. Go ahead and do with it what thou will. Um, and they did. Uh, oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I think, I think, you know, as mentioned, Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson, um, those guys back then really didn't take him seriously. And he really, really uh, hated them a lot. Yeah. And I think it yeah. was a large part because of that rejection. Um, and I mean, they're also false as fuck, you know, like, uh, yeah, absolutely. that's the thing is like Jack Chick <laughs> hate him. You know, he's a bad guy, but he was a true believer. I think, I don't think he was a swindler. I don't. No. And I think Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson, they might believe, but they also are like exploitative beyond all measure, you know, in terms of exploiting their viewership and getting money out of them and buying their private jets and, you know, behind the scenes, yeah. usurping each other's networks for power the way Jerry Falwell yep. did, you know, and <laughs> and so it's like there's so much, you know, there's so much to dislike about them and, and so much actually like unbiblical behavior that they were committing. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. You know, he was really just like a like a maverick or whatever you want to say. And he just really was very much on the outside and very not accepted. Um, so the fact that his idea, like, I don't know if. You know, I, I I would not be surprised if at some point Marjorie Taylor Greene or DeSantis <laughs> or somebody says, like, read Jack Chick, you know, or like, oh, I love Jack yeah, Chick. I was just like, it, say, wouldn't be, yeah. it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility by any means. And in fact, yeah. this probably would be a perfect illustration. Uh, they just wouldn't get how funny. Yeah, I can't they wait don't for this. Camp. They don't understand camp. <laughs> I can't wait to cut out that part out when it finally happens. And I'll be like, ah, she's uh, it's right here. Look, look, everybody read it. Yeah, it's right here. <laughs> Just word for word. Oh, my God. Uh, so David Daniels, I wanted to talk to him for a second. Talk about him for a second. So you read as I did. You don't know Jack. You don't know Jack. Uh, the authorized biography mm -hmm. um so daniels worked for jack for 16 years and then took over publications when he died um and this book is this one of the worst biographies you've ever read in all your research <laughs> i I've, i know you've read a ton of books because oh, i man. just got done reading the ricky henderson biography which is one of the best biographies uh -huh. i've ever read this one I followed it right up the next day with and it's the biggest piece of shit I've ever like come across I think it's like I mean it's absolutely it's terrible it has no structure for one no, none it has like you're like jumping back and forth in time but not in a way that's like 
charming or interesting or illuminating. And then the first, like, what, 30 pages are just like, here's why Alberto Rivera, the Catholic priest who, you know, supplied Jack with all of his Catholic conspiracy theories, is actually a priest. And all the things he said are true. Here's all these, like, documents that I'm like, I guess that kind of proves something. You know, it's just like this long defense. And it yeah. has nothing really to do with Jack Jenkins. So, yeah, and he kept coming back to that point yeah, over and over all, again. Yeah, it was like every again. chapter it was just like, well, let me nail this down again. But like you don't get into anything about Jack until probably about halfway through the book almost yeah. Yeah. about his life. And even that isn't it's not linear. So it was I, all the information I got from the book. I could have just gotten from his from the website and just yeah. read it in a linear fashion where they have it there. But uh yeah i the reason i wanted to bring him up is that uh the vo- the book is almost void of fred carter yeah. uh there's a picture of him uh but that's about it uh again is this done on purpose is this racism i like it it really upset me while i was reading it that you're going to talk about jock chick and not talk about fred carter at all yeah absolutely and just, i think it's just a photo of him and that's about it yeah so yeah and or, i mean or, it comes back to that like I I don't know this guy very well. I don't know what yeah. his relationship was like to Fred Carter. Obviously, if he only devoted that amount of time, like maybe he was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's another thing that did come up did come up in my mind where I was like, maybe it's jealousy, but I'm just and like, I mean jealousy probably I compounded guess. by being like, I'm jealous of a black man and that makes me mad. You know, like yeah. they're, they're, yeah. that is not, they're not mutually exclusive at all. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be able to really talk to his intentions, but um, and again, it's like, I don't know how true it was that Fred Carter really wanted to stay out of the public eye. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Cause Fred Carter died in 2020. I think, I think yeah. he, yeah. yeah. Recently. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I wish we could have known. Um, but, you know, at the end of his life, I don't believe he had any hard feelings. So that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that yeah, none I of just... these things preclude the fact that how could there not be at least some underlying racism, the kind that like exists in all of us and certainly exists in yeah. evangelical yeah. fundamentalists uh, to a different degree um, and in, in, in different ways. But, yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, though he's he's very much like an ant this is the thing that bothers me about daniels is that he's very much anti chick personality where he's not hidden he's very much online he's very much writing his own books and like using chick's foundation as his platform and um the one thing about chick that always gave him like this thing was that he was always you never knew who he was yeah and you know it's a very different type of feeling i get from this dude um but also um you know lisa is regarded as the worst track that jack that jack ever put out Mm -hmm. um and he felt the need to recall it or not print it anymore um first off why do you think he did that Mm -hmm. And second, I, I well, first, let's do that. Why do you think that he recalled that track and decided not to print it? I don't believe I ever came across an explanation because he, you know, famously didn't speak very much. He spoke through mm-hmm. his battle cry, so it, newsletter. So it's possible that he explained it. But I think it was probably more of like a quiet pulling of the track. I mean, he got so much backlash 
So I'm guessing that this backlash spoke to him in some way or, you know, maybe that's giving him too much credit. He just didn't want because the thing is, is the man invited controversy at every turn. He loved it. He reveled in it. He loved being hated. Um, And he didn't apologize either. That's the other thing that I'm just like, so why would he like, do you think he was convicted to pull it? Or do you feel like he was thinking it was going to, it's a business decision? Like that's, that's the weirdest thing that he, that I, I mean, there were other tracks that he pulled that he didn't reproduce again, but like this one specifically where I'm like, did, did he see a light at that point in time or did he was like, I can't take this much heat? I don't know. I really don't know. I wish I did because it's like, I don't know, maybe should we explain a little bit about the track? I mean, just to give like the most basic non, yeah. <laughs> non-triggering uh, explanation, it's about um, a man who abuses his kid and, you know, it, it's it's a very dark tract that sort of at the end implies that like sexual abuse can just be healed or disappeared um, mm-hmm. by being saved, right? It's like this guy gets saved and suddenly it's like, everything's great because we have yep. Jesus, but there's no like, how do we help our child? The child just kind of like has a tear in her eye being like, okay. You know, it's like a very sad, very dark. I mean, it's it's a hundred times darker than I'm explaining it. I just wanted to, you know, you can seek it out if you would like to read it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was a very, like very, 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 um fucked up look at child sexual abuse and so i'm guessing that perhaps he i i don't know i don't know you know maybe because it involved the child he had some feeling of why it shouldn't be made or someone explained it to him the right way um he didn't seem like a completely i mean it sounds funny to say this he didn't seem like a completely irrational person you know from (laughs) people who actually interacted with him in person that i actually have spoken to who knew him um like kurt kierenstein uh okay yeah curates a lot of his comics you know had met him and and you know they they would have these reasonable reasonable back and forths there was this catholic journalist who ended up spending time with him and he was like Mm -hmm. yeah we talked and he didn't like cast me out you know he like did that fucking thing that people do where they're really nice in person and really horrible in their work which is like yeah, you know, that's, yeah. that's what it is. But um, so I, I don't think it's impossible that somebody like had a conversation with him and he listened to that and like altered his yeah. thinking. I think it's yeah. possible, um, but it also gives him maybe more credit than he deserves. But I don't know. Well, I, I asked it because I it seems like that changed when he put out that book, Hot Topics with Daniels. Mm-hmm. And they put out it was the six tracks and Lisa was included in it. So, like, I don't think that it was like, I don't know. Did Daniel come in? You have to tell me and... about that. I actually don't know about this. Let's see. Hot topics. I had it up here. Hot topics. There's so much you can't you can't learn at all. It's like. Yeah. No. Going, yeah. It's like, uh, holy shit. This is like a deep well. So it is, let's see here, Chick Publications. It is, let's see if they have the description on here. Probably not. Uh, So there's six different tracks. There is Dungeons and Dragons, or Dark, I'm sorry, Dark Dark Dungeons, Mm -hmm. The Trial, Allah Has No Son, Somebody's Angry, Home, uh, a new one called Home Alone, and, uh, and then Lisa. 
Okay. Um, so and, and each of them a have reprint? a different. Yeah, in nineteen or no two thousand. I want to say 2011. I have wow. it in my notes, but I don't have them in front of me. No, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize Lisa came back. That is very weird. Yeah. It says tackling six of the hottest issues of our time. And Home Alone is they're gay and they want our kids. Yeah, Home Alone's Somebody's wild. angry is Israel, friend or liability. Yeah. Allah has no son. The hidden truth about Allah. Lisa, pornography, a victimless cl- crime. Trial. Uh, the trial, the real purpose of hate crime laws in dark dungeons is D&D a doorway to the occult, of course. So Yeah. And um, how wild that the Lisa tract is about pornography. Yes. You know, like, yeah. it's like, yeah, interesting, because that is yeah. not what it's about to most people who read it. Um, yeah. yeah. Really and again, how Chick kind of mirrors a lot of my upbringing. And I've talked about this on the podcast, uh, but uh my my stepfather was really abusive and, and whatnot, but he was married before he met my mother. He had two kids. One of the children was in jail for one reason or another, and I was really young, and he took us to go meet her, and he told her in front of us basically that uh, I'm free of everything I've done in the past because I'm saved now. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. god forgives me even if you're not going to so it, and then she exploded on him and yeah. we got sent out but yeah. well, so this stuff despite being as crazy and ridiculous and fucked up as as it comes across it's reality for a lot of people and that's one of the worst things that i think lisa did um because yeah. I, I believe it reinforced a lot of people uh that were abusers and like finding you know i don't know what they want protection under the bible or whatever so yeah i mean it really comes back to like the biggest question in christianity of like like faith or works right it's like Mm -hmm. are you you're just able to say right i guess it was maybe i think it was maybe paul that kind of changed this thing where it's like okay You know, before it was like you had James being like, you got to do good works. You got to do shit in the world. You got to like care about the poor. You got to feed the homeless, clothe people, you know, all that stuff. Um, (laughs) And then Paul, you know, is like, I saw Jesus and he said this. I hate Paul. (laughs) So it's like, oh, fuck Paul. I know. Such an asshole. And he's such a faker. It's like, oh, we get it. You wanted to be an apostle. Um, He was a cop. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think it comes down to that, like, Paul was just like, ta-da, like, all you have to do is this, like, simple thing. Not that it's always simple for people, but, you know, you just have to do this one thing, and you don't actually have to go and fix your wrongs or make amends. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, ideally, I don't think they'd be like, don't do that, but it's not necessary. Like, you know, you're saying for your stepfather, it's like, it's not necessary. He's like, I don't really care if you forgive me because I have ultimate forgiveness, and so it doesn't really matter how you yeah. feel anymore or what you need. Um, you should forgive me because if you don't, like, oh, you're holding on to hatred in your heart. And it's like, you know, it's like Oh boy. <laughs> it's dark stuff. You know, it's it's and I think that that for me is like even more than the the anti-gay messaging and all the messaging that, you know, would have a direct effect on my life. Uh I it's that it's that that really haunts me the most of his work is mm-hmm. and and I mean he's just mirroring a common 
way of thinking. So it's not even that it's not outrageous that people, yeah. you know, that he's writing about this like form of ultimate forgiveness that kind of washes everything away. Um, which again, I don't think it's terrible to believe in something that forgives you. Like, I think that's okay, but I think there's some middle ground of like knowing that you're forgivable if you are trying yeah. to make events yeah. and do things, <laughs> but that's a big difference between just like, okay, it's done. Like, yeah. And I can get that forgiveness. Um, again and again and again and again yeah uh whereas you know you're leaving a lot of destruction in your wake um but yeah i think i think trying to find forgiveness in yourself or in whatever religion you practice is okay but it cannot come without working toward either the forgiveness Absolutely. of that person or if you can't i mean it's like a 12-step program almost it's like you don't have to make amends to the person because it might hurt them more so maybe you know, you can't do that, but you can be like, okay, I hurt this person in this way. How can I contribute to the world? Like James would want, like, how can I make what I've done into something that has some meaning or is helpful yeah. to someone? I think, you know, there, there's a middle ground somewhere, somewhere in there. And uh, Jack Chick did not find it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just, just coming off the top of my head. Um, but so other than not playing ball as like somebody like Pat Robertson would do and Jack chick wouldn't, why would somebody like Jack chick not be accepted into the broader evangelical community, especially back then when people like, I know Tim LaHaye who wrote left behind and everything um, would a, wrote a book called head. the unhappy. Yeah. The unhappy homosexual. I have and, it on my shelf. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And like, so how can he be accepted? But Jack Chick, who wrote like the gay blade, mm -hmm. um, which I, I would say is as offensive as it is, is nowhere near as offensive as uh, Tim LaHaye's book. Mm -hmm. So like, mm -hmm. I'm just like, why is there an acceptance of one, but not the other, other than playing ball? My theory is that because people like Falwell were creating the moral majority, they were mm -hmm. trying to consolidate as many religious groups together under the umbrella of Christianity as possible. Yeah. And Jack hated Catholics and Catholics were a huge voting mm. block. And as you know, I mean, the history of the moral majority is the history of Jack Chick in so many ways, because it's like, actually, let me rephrase that. Um, the moral majority was tr trying to get all these groups together under the umbrella of like abortion politics and anti-gay mm -hmm. marriage in the hopes of getting Reagan elected. Right. So there was like playing this kind of long game. Um, and then it's complicated why they were trying to get Reagan elected, but it does go into <laughs> wanting to keep their colleges segregated yeah, yep, um, and yep. still getting that tax exemption. Yep. Uh, Bob Jones university. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, which again, we like don't talk about enough. in our culture. I, we yeah, we like, really don't. I mean, we've covered so it a bunch on here, but like, it's it, like, the crux of how this country and where it's at right now yeah. and how much is based on Bob Jones university is astounding. It's yeah, it, it's, it should be common knowledge. That's for sure. But so that that's my thinking is that he was not interested in any kind of unification. He was like, there's one way. And you know, it was, I guess, Baptist. He was a Baptist. I don't know. Yeah. He was, he had his own religion. Independent fundamentalist Baptist. There we that's, go. I yeah. believe that's yeah. what it's called. <laughs> and he was not, he was not about solidarity and political power. And he was just about his shit. You know, he had a way 
he believed you were either going to heaven and hell and all that mattered to him was getting to heaven, telling people how to get to heaven. Um, and he just didn't have like these political aspirations as much as these other people did. So I think it makes a lot of sense because, you know, his, his tracks are getting kicked out of bookstores because books, yeah. Christian bookstores yeah. have a, again, like they need to sell Catholic books because they need to make enough money. And Catholicism is a gigantic religion in America. Yeah. Um, and without the Catholics, they wouldn't have gotten Reagan elected. So it's like, it just, and that's yeah. Why and I think a simple, lot of really, yeah. Like my, 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 um, church growing up had their own book shop it wasn't a bookshop it was like their own library so they were very like these are the only books that are allowed mm -hmm. in our library so you didn't really need to go out to the christian bookstore to get your stuff right so like we had all the anti-rock stuff which is what we're covering right now and like so um like all the fucking satan i wish i could time travel back and just go in that room and just like swipe the shelf and take it all with me just to read it all oh, yeah. because they had they had tapes they had vhs's they had it all like an in my embarrassment of riches yeah yeah <laughs> and my my parents would bring it home and we it would be on the tv i remember seeing some of the stuff uh that was that i run across on youtube that i walked into the living room and saw and i was just like whoa that's really cool and yeah. get out of the room so <laughs> yeah, 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 you know sure. so yeah um yeah so uh from a former fundamentalist evangelical perspective, Chick's legacy is more kind of now unspoken, um, but he helped make a lot of extreme extremism extremism a norm within that bubble. But outside being known as a crazy Christian to non-Christians, what did he leave as a legacy? Horror comics. <laughs> like Okay. Incredible. Like, I mean, if we're thinking like what, because again, there's like, okay, if I'm taking this completely non-seriously as a queer person who mm -hmm. is the, like, you know, villain of this story, essentially, <laughs> um, you know, I I am somebody who t generally tends to choose to laugh at the thing, which is not the right way to be, but it is the way that I am and the way that I get by, Um not always. I can't always laugh. That's not true. But in the case of Jack Chick, like, I think a lot of queer people like it because it's so ironically gay. One, it's okay. like if you look at the Crusaders series, which is the one I mentioned with yeah. the characters of Jim and Tim, which are Jack Chick and Fred Carter, but like hyper masculinized, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> like an ex war Rambo hero. Kind of yeah, thing. it's like yeah. Jack Chick's an ex war <laughs> hero, and and Fred Carter's an ex Black Panther, you know, and who knows karate and shit. Yeah, and, you yeah, know, yeah. it's just like, but then they're like these images of of Fred Carter in bed shirtless and. Well, I mean, not Fred Carter, whatever. I always get a mixed up. Tim's you in bed know. shirtless and Jim's <laughs> on the other model. side. What'd you say? <laughs> you might have modeled. You yeah. know, you might have modeled. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, they're both freaking hot. You know, they're like totally ripped. I mean, to the point where their shirts are like, look like they're about to rip off of their yeah. muscles, yeah. you know? And, and there's just all these like weird little innuendos that obviously he must not have meant. But when read by the queer community, it's like absolutely hilarious and so campy mm. i mean it's like pure camp you know it's like he's 
taking this thing completely seriously. And yet it's also so overblown and ridiculous and cartoonish, no pun intended, you know, like so um, extreme to the point that it renders itself ridiculous. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of why he it's like why his legacy is like certainly one of of altering um society and culture and our thinking around religion and all these different moral panics we've talked about but also he created this way that actually led some people to start thinking differently because they got these tracts and they were like wow this is so silly and weird but like my family kind of believes that and so like yeah you know are these incompatible because this person is like making me laugh with this like ridiculous ridiculous stuff that he's creating and well maybe i need to apply my feelings that i have to this to like a greater thing so it's like uh effectively it like renders it um benign in a certain way which is not true obviously in in your life and so many people's lives but i think you know if if you have even a a shred of like self-awareness or you know a comedic mindset and you find this you're not usually going to be converted by it um sometimes it's scary enough that i've you know i have had and i think it's daniel rayburn who writes a lot about jack chick or did i'm not sure if it was him but somebody talked about how like you know, you he actually get him. close sometimes yeah. to, to not to believing it, but to being like scared of hell. Like sometimes he gets yeah. through to you and I've never been scared of hell. But once in a while, it's like even me, I'm like, well, that would be terrible. If that's true. I hope it's not. Um, but yeah, I think that the comic style that he has, I love Fred Carter's style, too. It's just not quite as dear to me um because well maybe because he has so much talent i mean yeah and yeah to like yeah. i am an <laughs> i am a like outsider artist fan and so i like um the childlike pen scratch weird nature of mm-hmm. his comics um and i think that they're just so amazing for parody like in our episodes we did you know we acted them out yeah. and it was like just so much fun um and so i think for non-religious people that can just appreciate them i mean you can't appreciate that he's the most widely read indie comic artist of all time. I mean, that that if you think about him in that way, then that's also really interesting because so many comic artists, you know, Robert Crumb being one of them, were really obsessed with Jack Chick's work and were able to just kind of laugh off the fucked up parts, um, which I wouldn't I don't completely do. It depends on my mood. Right. <laughs> like you come in <laughs> yeah. one of these tracks and you're like wow, here's an insane depiction of of Sodom and Gomorrah by Fred Carter that's like, you know, these drag queens making out that make no sense of the context of, like, ancient fucking whatever, (laughs) the Old Testament. You know, they wouldn't have these, like, dangly earrings and queer haircuts. Um, But, you know, it's it's so... There's just... There is a camp value, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoy them in that way uh and sometimes i have to remind myself like hey you're enjoying these too much uh because their impact is like horrible um but in a way it's like taking your power back a little bit when you're like laughing at this shit like it's so so absurd and so funny that you got to figure out a way to laugh or you're you could ignore it forever and that is also completely (laughs) fair but you know as a 
as someone who likes weird art and eccentric, strange people who are hidden in the shadows, I I can't help it. I'm fascinated. Do you think there'll ever be another person like a Jack Chick? Like not not in the arts world, but mm -hmm. like as far as like the evangelical Christian type of world in the type of world we live in with everything digital and. God, I mean, who would it be? Like someone who's good at memes, maybe? I, fuck if I know. <laughs> God, <laughs> yeah. I hope not. I hope not, too. <laughs> I hope not, too. I'm trying to think of like, you know, I mean, I think of like, <laughs> did you see that ad for DeSantis that came out where it was like all those images of him as uh, Patrick Bateman? And it was like, yeah. what's this? Yeah. Yeah. Why'd yeah. you do this? Um and then I was reading about how many like weird 4chan dog whistles there were contained within it that mm -hmm. I probably don't get. Um, I got a lot of them, obviously. But I wonder that would be like the only thing that kind of just like popped into my head that kind of feels That's familiar because you watch it and you're like, this is horrible. Like, I'm a non-binary person. This is like literally targeting me and my friends. And mm -hmm. yet it's so over the top and so ridiculous that like. You know, most of us were just like laughing so hard because we're like, you're splicing your face with Patrick Bateman because you think he's some symbol of masculinity. Yeah. Or did someone else make this who like yeah. you, you're not getting the joke? Like it was just such a confusing <laughs> yeah, no. piece of like camp, though. It was like very campy and, you know, very very drag like he was dragging in masculinity or something like that yeah. you know so it's like that's what kind of popped in my head like maybe there's a video format or a meme format um because i don't think you can you know say that people like matt walsh are doing anything no. similar uh, you know yeah. it's like there's no. and i think it does it, it's gonna need to be an artist of some kind and i just don't yeah. think i don't know what because i'd say you know people who make memes are also artists so maybe that's uh maybe that's something but i don't know We'll see, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I just hope that it came across that I'm not like a big chick fan. <laughs> it's hard to figure oh, out. Oh, no, 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 no. It's always hard I, to figure I mean, out. I mean, think, I think we're all to a degree kind of a chick fan. Like yeah. uh, I'm like there's some level of me is like I'm kind of glad that these, you know, I'm able to take the emotional stuff that happened to me and like relate it to something else that yeah. happened in my life and like able to take out from that. So uh, it's really very much appreciated. And the, the series was a home run for me and so all of glad. us over here. So that's, I guess I, so, that yeah. you, you folks like you are who I was hoping to hear from. I did get like one, maybe two people who were really, really mad at me. So. <laughs> oh man. Right. I don't know how you could do that. All right. uh, it was, it was just, it, they were like, it was... he doesn't deserve any empathy. And then it was like, here's three pages of all the terrible things that happen. I get those sometimes like here's I get it. all of the horrific things that happened to me and why they're directly related to you, Chelsea Weber Smith and what you've done. You know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but I, I think that we all have, <laughs> yeah, but I think we all have people in our lives that aren't the quote unquote best people but you know we still have some sort of empathy or some sort of draw towards them yeah. that you know and like you're just like it is what it is yeah. you know i mean but like um i wouldn't hang out with the guy but i would love to interview yeah. him you know so there's a difference there so you yeah know. <laughs> and you gotta understand the people right who are doing the bad things yeah. or you yeah or else what you just like I, to, there's no other option to me where do you think it you know, I, I know that he, he talked about almost his friends dying in World War II, but, you know, Tim LaHaye was a bomber in World War II, and you can kind of get where he gets some of his visual imagery yeah. and death and destruction from, but, like, Chick didn't really see any combat. Where do you think that he got his 
I mean, like, was it was he a big horror? Like he well, he wasn't a horror fan. Yeah, he like, was. I, I know that one of the things he said he had like the Friday mm -hmm. the 13th thing on his shelf. But like when he first started, was he was he like a huge horror fan? Was he like, I don't know. I mean, I really we didn't talk about this, but I think Tijuana Bibles, if you're familiar with Tijuana yeah. Bibles, yeah. like yeah. we just had to cut it for time. But I mean, he's getting you know, those, and I think the propaganda imagery he was getting from the pamphlets okay. from the Japanese, okay. uh, you know, I think that those are all possible inspirations. It's kind of like the best I got. It also is like not certain that he didn't see death and destruction. He said he okay. didn't. Okay. I think maybe even David Daniel or uh, Daniel Rayburn maybe said that he did, but I don't think anybody really knows. Um, okay. But, you know, he probably didn't. I, he probably would have yeah, said I, if he I, did. You know, I don't know why he would yeah. hide that. But um, I think even it's just being I mean, I'm Obinawa, not saying it's not traumatic that his friends yeah. died and he didn't and he's there. feel something from that. So, yeah. but yeah, I just thought of the, the imagery that he came up with. I'm like. And I mean, the war room where did it come from? his office. Yeah. You know, he's like got, yeah, he's got a lot true. of war in there. And I mean, just being yeah. in Okinawa, just being involved in World War II, just being a yeah. person. Yeah, yeah who's now, very true know, it's very like true, a very, very i guess it was just like a yeah. hugely affecting moment yeah. in time um yeah. but yeah it, it, they're all good questions and it is so much conjecture and just wondering about him and thank I you that's part of why i <laughs> yeah but, why i liked the story so much is trying to get those answers from all the little pieces yeah and scraps yeah. of things um and we won't know. We never will. Great mystery dies yeah, with him, which is also cool. Sucks. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. He yeah, really did it. He did imagine, the thing. So he did it. He really did. He that's that's an amazing story in just itself of like being able to keep secret for got for all that years, especially in a year where the internet was coming yeah. up. And he didn't like try to use the internet like at all. Yeah, the only thing is he, he bought he bought Chick publication Chick dot com like early yeah. on, which yeah, was but that was really just brilliant. his tract website. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> yeah. you buy these yeah. tracts so. in like yeah, like boxes of five hundred or whatever. <laughs> and how many did you buy? I just bought them the starter pack. It's just a ten dollar. I was waiting for you to open up that door and just there would be like, boxes of Chick tracks there. Yeah, I do, have a, I do have a big box of them. Um, Amazing. Yeah, I had to get so, them. I had to do it. Um, yeah, I got I sent a few rare people. ones from um, uh, Kurt, who got in touch after Very... the series, which was so, so cool. Um, he does monster wax, yes, right? he does monster wax. And then yes. he wrote the, um, yeah. the to me, the best unauthorized biography of Chick. And it comes in like this giant, like crappy book from Amazon. But it's like, that's where I really learned about all the experts. Like that's where the story of Rebecca okay. Brown, the story of, yeah. you know, Alberto and uh, whatever his name is, John, John Todd. Todd. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that's like, for me, the best, the best thing written about it yeah in addition to daniel rayburn's but daniel rayburn's maybe more of a meditation whereas kurtz is like here's all the information that we have and know about chick so that's very yeah. rad yeah mm -hmm. i think that's the only one i haven't read yeah, I, I think i've read just about everything else nice okay time. i'm gonna go find it right mm -hmm. now good so thank you very much for joining me today i really appreciate it uh i got a little bit more of a view into jack chick um I actually do agree with the, with the empathy thing towards him because I was reading that um, imp uh, little oh, zine so that uh, Daniel, it's so, so good. good. It was like one of my favorite things I read doing yeah. this whole thing. And if that was the, the biography, it would have been a hundred yeah. times better. So, yep. mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. but 
just the idea that Jack would rather be sitting with bikers in yeah. a bar and then sitting in a church pew. I'm like, dude, I get you and I get it from when I was a kid and like I saw these people not doing Jesus's shit and you're like, I'd rather be hanging with the other people. And you're like, but like at the same point, I'm like, you're a f- piece of yeah. shit, you know, simultaneous. So, truths, you know, it's like yeah. he's a piece of shit in so many ways. And he also to me is less of a piece of shit than some of the televangelists out there. I don't know. It's like, I, I, (laughs) it's comp, it's so complicated to me. And like, I hope that your listeners understand that I like fully see the impact of this person (laughs) and I'm not trying to extend any extra empathy that is deserved, but, um, you know, there's something different about a true believer to me. It's like, they're more dangerous in many ways, but I'm like, I, a charlatan who's preying on people who need faith, like, it's a vampire man you know <laughs> like yeah hey, I no know. i get it yeah and yeah i think that's yeah. you know just really quick that to me is the greatest jack chick mystery is what happened to the money where did the money go because he stayed <laughs> in good... his world war fucking two house that he got from his gi bill his entire life he died yeah. in that house and as we know those were hastily constructed <laughs> they're not valuable homes yeah and yet yeah. he's sold you know almost a billion tracts or whatever and they're 10 cents each you know it's like okay yeah. like just nobody knows where the money went to this day i don't know where it went no idea and yeah and they said that he drove a cadillac and like the only yeah. other thing that i read that any show of wealth was maybe he was wearing a rolex yeah. he just liked a cadillac um, but yeah. like he only ever had one I, cadillac it's weird. I don't know. Like that that's that that is a question that I came across and I'm like I'm not going to worry about it because it'll just bother yeah. me, but I'm like it's uh and Chick Publications wasn't like this big you know giant thing that you would see from the side of the road. It was, you know, it like was you had to find it. Building, so, you know, yeah. Like this ugly looking so office building outside LA. It's like super strange, but I think like if I could know that piece of it, it really would tell me fully like okay what do i really think about this but yeah i don't know because his only daughter the money went to so he didn't have yeah his wife died his only daughter died i don't know who he would have left his money to (laughs) probably david fucking yeah there's that other wife Susie, right before you know but like that's the only thing but like his much younger wife but all the money before that what happened what happened to it like do 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 you think that he gave it away to uh missions or organizations that he truly believed in or 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 what because it's he would do that probably quietly because (laughs) he was very like not into showing any like I mean he was like he didn't sin a pride you know like he he was he stuck to the rules as much as a person can and so i think it's entirely possible that he donated money to causes that you and i probably wouldn't like but oh yeah uh, absolutely not can't imagine it was to feed the poor but maybe (laughs) He's a Paulian man, yeah. Oh, all right. With that, uh, we're going to leave it for the day, but I, I really appreciate you for joining me again. Um, and do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Chaz. It's like such a, <laughs> I, you know, there's not a lot of people who possess enough of this niche knowledge to have a conversation about it. So uh, it's always exciting. I enjoyed it. Um yeah, I mean, what this is my show, American Hysteria. You can find it anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, 
I'm on Instagram at American Hysteria Podcast. So you can you can come there. I do some tech deck tricks there, which is what I've been into lately. So <laughs> if you're into that kind of dumb, dumb behavior, I'm your man. <laughs> I, I, I heard you talk about it on the jackass thing. And I was just like, I haven't heard of tech decks in so long. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good very desk cool, thing. Very if you, cool. If you're a fidgeter while you're reading, just get Yeah, absolutely. Bed. Yeah. I have to listen to music when I read or else I can't read. It's oh, interesting. very it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I usually have a headphone and reading when I'm reading. I can usually fly through books. If not, I'm restarting the sentence over and over again. So, yeah. So it's. We yeah, I <laughs> yeah, somehow I don't know how, but uh, somehow yeah, I manage, yeah, <laughs> uh, always good office joke. Um, uh, but uh, um, there was one other thing I wanted to ask you real quick, but off, uh, oh, um, I have something that I was gonna send to you on uh, the your website, uh, about um, Shades of Death Road in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Please so do. yeah, leave a um, message. Like yeah, it's an actual road. Okay. So it's not something that people just call it. So it's an actual road. So, okay. um, I know Weird New Jersey did a bunch of stuff about it years ago, but like, like back in like the nineties. Mm-hmm. So um, that was probably yeah, when Chris Gethard worked there, which is probably okay, yeah, so yeah. So much. Oh um, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'll send that to you. But yeah, it's it's such a cool place. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, make sure um, you record it on the hotline. Yes. Um, yes, I will. And yeah, I, my brother's going through them right now, actually, and picking out ones that very cool. Like, but um, very cool. But leave it if we don't get to it soon. You know, could be months down yeah, the down the road. Big deal. But I would yeah, like just wanted it. to let you know. Love it. Yep. <laughs> place Love I went it. when I was a kid, so it was very cool. Yeah, um, it's but, such uh, a yeah. fun project. It's like I love. Oh, doing it's so it. I. I absolutely love the Pig Hill thing because I was just like, I've heard stuff like that a lot of places. And I'm just like, all of them just like, yeah, there's something like that's like, it's all over the map, you know, because I, like, I lived in Chicago and I lived in Upper State New York oh, and I lived yeah, in yeah, yeah. Philadelphia and too. it's just like, yeah. yeah. So it's just like, oh, I've heard all these somewhere. So yeah, it's my yeah. deepest like dream to just be a folklorist, like in the oh, lineage so awesome. of other people who study urban legend. Like, yeah, I love all the other stuff, but like urban legends is my my truest love and I document it like feels like okay I can like I just want to like contribute to that lineage conversation. yeah <laughs> I feel like that's what I'm trying to do with the the hotline and it's really fun so it's so rad I love it I'm so, so it's a, I, I don't miss it each week I'm um we listen to it I so love it. well thank you so um, much thank that's you great. very much I really appreciate it so um but uh do you mind if I close out real quick go ahead uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, follow uh, the podcast at XCOM Pod and on all social medias, including threads now. Um, you can follow me at ChazXCure or 17 underscore seconds. You can listen to my other podcast, The Holy Hour, where Gavin, Antonio, and I talk all things cure related, the band The Cure. Um, and uh, Donovan and Chrissy aren't here with us, but Chrissy is reading The Hunger Games again, so she wants you to hop onto that and hop onto our Discord and talk to her about that. So awesome. Uh, yeah, peace be with you and with your spirit and everybody say, I like my looks. I like my personality. I've got a choice to make almost every second that I'm awake. But maybe the reason.